is about God. And so you don't let up for nothing or nothing else. You know what I'm saying? You give God your best. Because we are here to serve him. We're not here to serve ourselves. We ain't here to look good. We're here to, we're here to serve him. Are you hearing me tonight? So we give everything to him. And you know, this is where the real stuff is. Because guess what? This is where if you're faithful over a few things, God will bless us over many. And you know, when us continue to worship God as hard as we do, something is going to break eventually. I don't know when. I can't tell you. Hence the reason for this message. <laughs> so in the meantime, the purpose of this message is the message series is to talk about how do we deal with the meantime moments when we are expecting something from God? Anybody expecting something from God? Currently, ladies and gentlemen, God began to shift my attention here because currently our church, corporately and individually, are in a heavy expectation and anticipation and uh, are in heavy expectation and anticipation for God, what God will do in our lives for what God will do in our lives. God is up to something. I don't know what that is, but he is up to something. And as someone who is a preserver, uh, someone who is a person who uh, likes to, who is a seer, um, I, I believe that, and if I'm seeing correctly, there is something that's on the horizon. And so hence the reason why I must share this message with you. Um, Let's go to Luke chapter 29. Luke chapter 29. I mean, excuse me, Luke chapter 24. And we're going to go to verse 49. The wind is definitely blowing. The wind of his presence. <laughs> uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 49 and 50. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are until you are endued with the power from on high, the ascension. And he led them out at, as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Verse 51 says, Now it came to pass while he was while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven and they worship him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy verse 53 it says and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God amen now let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 4 because it, it goes hand in hand the same event and Luke is just expounding upon it and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And so we're going to talk about for tonight from the subject, wait here, wait here, wait here. So in the meantime, in the meantime has, let's put up the definition of what that is. Meantime, according to the Webster Dictionary, is the time before something happens or a before or before a specific period ends. And so as I told you on Tuesday night, there was two things that were happening. They were waiting for something to happen. 
They were waiting for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Okay, they were waiting for the arrival of the Holy Spirit to come. And 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 that was the arrival of the Holy Spirit was going to shift us into a new age. And that is what I talked about on Tuesday called the church age. And so this is the so so there between two there between a period of the old covenant is now fully completed through Christ because Jesus didn't come to destroy the old covenant. He came to fulfill something that we could not do ourselves. And so now he came to fulfill that. And now they are transitioning into a new period of time, which the Holy Spirit shall uh, shall descend upon the earth. And the Holy Spirit shall descend upon the earth, empowering every believer to do the work of Christ, empowering every believer to be uh, uh, to uh, to be just like Christ here in the earth realm. And so they're even transitioning from being disciples to now being apostles. Some people who are, uh, they are now transitioning to be the forerunners because uh, that's what apostles are. They they go forward. They are forerunners. They, they go heavy. And so the foundation of the church was laid, as the scripture says, based laid on the apostles. And our chief apostle, which is our chief cornerstone, uh, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the chief apostle of the church, but the rest of the 12 were, uh, but the rest of them were built upon him and established upon him, which then has the foundation of what we have today as the church. Hence the reason why we celebrate Pentecost, but the scriptures is saying to, uh, but the scripture is and 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 Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is giving them a a strong command, a strong command and an instruction to wait in Jerusalem. He's telling them to wait, ladies and gentlemen. He's telling them to stay there. He's telling them to wait. Matter of fact, as the scripture says in verse 49, I want you to look at a key word in verse 49 and you'll miss it. It says, I want you but tarry in the city. I want you to tarry there. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, what he is saying to us, what he is saying to us is I want you to make it, it care. Uh, tarry in this word is kathizo. And the Greek word means kathizo. And so in other words, it means to, to make to sit down. All right, to make to sit down. In other words, he's saying, I want you to dwell in Jerusalem. I want you to sit there. I want you to put your residence there for, for a little bit. I want you to, I want you to hang out there. And he, in other words, if we're going to go further, it means to set. It means to appoint, to confer a kingdom on one. To go further, it means to, to confer a kingdom upon another, upon one. And so here's what this means. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to tarry there. I want you to sit there because Jerusalem is the appointed place for your breakthrough. Jerusalem is the appointed place for your blessing. Jerusalem is the appointed place where the gift of the Father, who is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, is going to, uh, oh my God, descend upon you and empower you. I want you to tarry there. I want you to tarry there. I want you to sit there because this is, oh my God, this is so good because it means to confer a kingdom on one. Confer means to grant or bestow. 
Oh my God. So if I'm going to confer a kingdom on one, that means he is granting and bestowing upon the apostles the keys to the kingdom. Oh my God, are you seeing this? So he's telling them to wait there because I am about to bestow upon you. I'm about to confer upon you and give you the keys to the kingdom. And I'm going to empower you through the Holy Spirit to do so. And so he's saying, Cathizo, I want you to, I want you, I want you to dwell in Jerusalem. I want you to be in Jerusalem because because what's about to happen is, is that the Holy Spirit is about to come upon you. And with the Holy Spirit, you are going to have the keys of the kingdom to begin to unlock the kingdom of God here in the earth realm. Are you seeing this? He's saying that you need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit so you can unlock, so you can go in the territories because, oh my God, and begin to unlock what in the world is going on there. You want to, your job is to release the kingdom. The apostles are to release the kingdom here on the earth. And the way we release the kingdom is going throughout, throughout the world. That's how we do it. Because if we are not going throughout the world and spreading the gospel, if we're not going throughout in our, in our communities and in our workplaces and our whatever sphere of influence that we have, then that's why demonic principalities are in your house. That's why demonic principalities are in your region. That's because you have not, nobody has stood up and said, oh, the kingdom of God is here and the kingdom of God is now. And nobody has been able to talk to the kingdom and the forces of darkness and tell them that you have no place here because the kingdom kingdom is here you have no place here because the kingdom God's people is here and so if God's people are quiet then you're gonna have the people of darkness who's in the world talking louder than you and begin to oh my God and they, they're putting the rules together so that you and I will follow they got bathrooms now turning in all the junk you want to know why because the kingdom of God is quiet Hallelujah. You didn't receive the power of the Holy Ghost to shut up. You received the power of the Holy Ghost so you can be loud and proud and know what you're talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me not go there because it's going to take me off track. But the fact of the matter is I didn't receive the Holy Spirit to be a punk. I received the Holy Spirit to be blown as a lion. Oh my God in this room. But here's the question. What do we do when God tells us to wait? What do we do when God tells us to wait in a place, wait at a job, wait at a particular location as a church, and he doesn't give you the time on how long you ought to wait? How do I know this? Because if you look further in Acts chapter 1, he says not many days from now you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what in the world are you talking about not many days from now? The apostles didn't know in the world does that mean? You're telling me to what and where? Here's the thing. Jesus tells them to wait in the place where they experience their greatest moment of shame, their greatest moment of disappointment, their greatest moment of hopelessness, their greatest moment of vulnerability, He's telling them to wait in a place where he was executed by a mob, the Sanhedrin, 
a Jewish, oh my God, a Jewish sector of people who did not like what Jesus was doing and not like, like what Jesus was saying. And you want us to put our lives on the line in the very place that you were persecuted in. I don't think not. Here's the thing. He did not, he, but, but, but that's why Jesus said you needed the Holy Spirit and you got to wait there. Because I'm going to use you in the very place that they saw you at your weakest so they can see you at your strongest. Oh, come on in here, somebody. I'm going to tell you to wait in there. I don't know because they saw you at your weakest. They saw you didn't have a lot of people coming. But eventually the tide will change. And not only will you have something here, but you'll have something in silver spring and then they all have been coming to you because the kingdom of God is where here he tells them to wait here in my moment of being transparent with you tonight I've been wrestling in my mind ever since God dropped this on my spirit. Wrestling in my mind and heart about in the place after we had the pop-up in Silver Spring. I said to the Lord, it's time to get out of here now. I think that this building has served, that this location has served, it's time. But God is saying, I want you to sit tight, watch, and pray. I don't want you to do anything. And so what God is paying to us tonight as a church and as a people, he is saying, I want you to sit tight and because if you don't sit tight then you'll move ahead of time you'll move ahead of schedule there is an appointed time with God ladies and gentlemen as I told you on Tuesday second Peter the third chapter we begin to tell us again that God oh my God let me get this let me let me let me let me tell you something but beloved do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day God does not see time the way you and I see time. God sees time as infinity because he's not held down the time. God can step in time and out of time. Time is not bound by him because God is eternal. The uncreated creator is eternal. They want to know where was God created. God was never created. He was eternal. He was there in the very beginning. He was the uncreated God who is eternal, who is infinite in all his ways. God is not oh my God. God is not trapped down by that. And the reason why you should thank God that he's not bound by time is that God can move anywhere and go into your future and begin to work things around that's why you gotta be glad God is not bound by time because if he was bound then he couldn't come before you pave and know it oh my God and so he's not bound by time but God's time does not move as quickly as I would like. God's time does not move as fast as I would like. I would like God to move a little expeditiously with how he's doing what he's doing in and through us. Can we be honest in the room and tell the truth? You come into days and Sundays like this and you scratch your head and say, what in the world is going on? I stay here. I'm faithful. I stay here. I give it everything I got. I stay here. We we don't rob anybody. We don't manipulate anybody. We stand here and tell the truth. And why is it that 
but it seems to me that no matter what we do, we don't go far enough. No matter what we do, and you say, but you say, Pastor, I feel where you're coming from, cause I feel the same way. I do what I need to do. I know I try to do the best that I can. I give God what I can. I go to work faithfully, and it still seems like they're keeping me bound. I apply and apply, but all I get is rejection, rejection, rejection. I do all of this, and yet I still pray, and yet I still do what I need to do in my relationship. Why in the world is going on? But God sent me here to tell you that if you just wait on the Lord and be of good courage, He will strengthen your heart. Can I preach in here tonight? The very fact of the matter, God will strengthen you in your meantime and in your moment awaiting. God is working while you don't see it. God is building. Oh my God, God got a network of people that he will. Oh my God, got a network of people that is going to come to you and bless you at the moment that you need. at the end of the day days like this have never stopped me before rejections have never stopped me before hallelujah it ain't gonna stop me now I'm just in the meantime look at somebody say I'm in the meantime I'm in the meantime I'm transitioning from being not so good in my finances to moving so good in my finances I'm expecting something from God and by the time I get to Pentecost I'm gonna see it by the time I get to Pentecost you on the road to Pentecost Hallelujah, at the day of Pentecost, everything changes. Everything changes. Your life changes. Everything changes. So he tells them to tarry there. He tells them to wait there. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem. God doesn't see time. He, he's outside of it. But I begin to see something that for the first time, the apostles did not quarrel amongst themselves. Look at the text. They didn't argue with God. They didn't argue with Jesus. They know where Jerusalem was. They knew that, they, they knew that, they, that, that, that the Jews didn't like them. And you know what they did? After Jesus blessed them, they went back. They followed instruction. Here's what I'm going to give you. Point one. Obey. They obeyed instruction. What can we learn from the apostles? They obeyed the instruction. TCF. We must continue to obey the orders that God has given us. We can't listen. No matter where we are, we must obey. We must not go into old seasons trying to bring that back. We must continue to stay firm in where we are. We cannot get worried about everything else. We can be worried about things you can't control. And I'm starting to learn this. I'm not saying that I'm comprehended at all. But I'm telling you now, we can't like, we're real estate. 
I'm in real estate. And the very fact of the matter is, it you don't never know what happens in a deal. I'm going through it right now with making sure a deal gets done and making sure that it gets done in time in order for in order for me not to lose out on money. And no, and God knows that I need what I need, but yet that's what I deal with. But I can't deal with things that are outside of my control. I can only control the things that God has told me to do. Because if I don't control those things, then I'll mess up my breakthrough and mess up my blessing. My thing is to us, ladies and gentlemen, what if the apostle said, no, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not going to Jerusalem. You're out of your mind. I'm not going there. What if they decided to go somewhere else and they would have disobeyed the order? They would have delayed the promise of God. And many of times, ladies and gentlemen, you are delaying the promise of God by messing with people you shouldn't mess with. You are delaying the promise of God by not staying, oh my God, content in the way, oh my God, in your meantime season. You delay the promise of God. When you get out of line with the will of God, you delay the promise of God. When you begin to murmur and to complain, you delay the promise of God. When you get in your own mind to say that God don't know what he doing, let me take over control and you delay and you delay and when you are going to learn that if you just submit yourself under God and you surrender under him and watch God how he's going to elevate you why does you and I do that even now I wrestle within myself I wrestle within myself by saying God I need to find a location a building for us in Silver Spring where is the building? Show me the building. And God is not going to show me the building until I just sit tight, watch, and pray. Because what God is going to show you, you got a front seat to it. What God is about to show you is going to blow your mind. It's going to be like a movie. You couldn't believe that this could be so. You couldn't believe that if somebody would told you it would happen like this, you wouldn't have believed it. You wouldn't have believed it. But God does things bigger and better than what you and I can even think of and what you and I can even conceive or even contrive. God had it on a big screen. And guess what? Not only you going to be watching it, but the people around you are going to watch and see what God does in your life. And so you might as well get comfortable because if you didn't like me now, you definitely ain't going to like me after this. Deuteronomy chapter 28 now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord I'll stop there it shall come to pass when you diligently that means consistently obey the voice of the Lord your God you have to remind yourself that I am not the captain of the ship God is the captain of this ship God is the captain of your life God is the very one that's the captain and Jesus is the anchor and so if Jesus is the anchor and he's telling you to hold and put your anchor down right here then that means you gotta trust in Jesus to keep you in the meantime before you get to your destination the very fact of the matter is storms will come and the wind will blow but you have an anchor that's of the soul and that's Jesus the Christ and if you keep yourself anchored in him you will be oh my god you will not be shaken you'll toss here and there but your ship will not break
So you must obey the instruction. What you choose not to listen. And you got to obey the full instruction. You cannot be partial obedience is still disobedience. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? There's certain instructions that God is giving you to handle before God opens up the next thing. God is giving you certain instructions to handle and to deal with before you go to the next place. But if you don't deal with it, if you don't handle it, then you'll mess up and delay the promise of God. Are you hearing me? I said delay the promise of God, not saying that you won't receive it. I, there's a difference between not receiving and delaying. God has to bring the promise but it'll be delayed. Same thing, God didn't cancel the promise to Moses' generation. He just said, if y'all don't want it, then I'll just give it to your children. He didn't cancel the promise. God doesn't cancel his promises. You wanna know why he doesn't cancel his promises? Because he is bound to his word. Did you not hear me when I told you that God made an oath for himself? Did I not tell you that God has made an oath for himself? That not only do you have the promise of God, but you have a contract. And the apostles had a contract that if you wait here in Jerusalem, then you shall receive the, oh my God, the, the, the gift of the father which is the holy spirit can i move can i move quickly point two i want you to see this they prayed in expectation for the promise to arrive Ladies and gentlemen, when we meet them in Acts chapter 2, the, in matter of fact, as we meet them in Acts chapter 1 in the later verses, they return back into the city of Jerusalem. They're in the upper room and they're praying. You find them praying. You don't find them not doing anything. Hallelujah. In your season of waiting, that doesn't mean that you don't do anything. In your in the meantime season, when you're waiting for something about to happen, when you're expecting something, something for God. You got to pray with expectation. You can't pray in doubt. You got to pray with an expectation that I I'm going to receive the things that God has said that I'm supposed to receive. And so while they were in the upper room, the apostles were praying. Oh my God, they were praying for the gift of God. They were tarrying for the gift of God. They were praying and they were waiting in expectation. What are you doing? You're saying, Pastor Brandon, I, I don't know. I didn't know that. I know you got to pray with the expectation that you're going to receive from God. And oh my God, if you don't pray with faith, then, then you are double-minded man. And you shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. The apostles wasn't saying to themselves that, okay, God, if you can bring the promise. They weren't saying none of that junk. They said, God, bring it to us. God, we are tiring for it. God, we want it. We want it now. We want the glory and we want it now. God give us the power that Jesus spoke of. God give it to us and give it to us now. I dare you to take a moment and whatever you need from God and say, God, I need it now. God, I need it now. God, I need it now. I need it now. I need it now. I'm praying with expectation to know that he, oh my God, is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says, ask anything in my name and I shall do it. And they was, oh my God, before this time, they didn't need the prayer, but now they knew how to pray. Because how do I know this? Because Jesus in the earlier verses, Luke chapter 24, when you get around verses 46 and 47, begin to illuminate the scriptures to them and exactly what it means. And now because they've been illuminated, and now because they have the understanding, now they know how to pray. I can pray with the understanding, because I know what to expect, and I know what I'm looking for. Shock glory. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. He says it like this, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And guess what? I'm going to be patient in tribulation. I'm going to be patient. You may not be in tribulation right now, but you're in travail. You may not be in tribulation, but you're in travail. You got to be patient, just like a woman who's pregnant with a baby. By the time they get eight months, they're ready for the baby baby to come out and TCF we got a baby and we in travail and it's about to push forward shock shock oh my god I feel like preaching now I feel the Holy Ghost now I'm in travail I'm in travail and there's a time that's coming there's an appointed time that's coming I'm in travail. Why don't you encourage somebody in the Lord and say, I'm in travail. I'm about to push this thing out. I'm in the meantime. I got to pray. Here we go. And lastly, the Bible tells us around uh, Luke chapter 24 when you get in the verses uh, uh, 53 no excuse me verse 52 and they went back praising God matter of fact let me show you <laughs> let me show you it for yourself don't take my word on it and the Bible says and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy they didn't go out of here defeated when you leave out of here I don't want you to get out of here defeated Brandon when you leave out of here don't leave out of here feeling defeated you got the joy of the Lord I'm in the will of God I'm in the will of God point lay hands on yourself and say I'm in the will of God I know I'm in the will of God I'm a stand fast I'm gonna rejoice cause I'm on my way somewhere shout yes yeah yes I feel like preaching now why don't you pull on somebody and tell them I'm gonna praise while I'm waiting
what do you do in the meantime I'm not done I got more to share for this for these next couple Sundays how do you overcome discouragement what do you do you prepare something is on the other side of this are you hearing me tonight I'm on the other side I'm getting to there and so what do you do in the meantime when you're between jobs what do you do in the meantime when you're between careers what do you mean do in the meantime when you're between locations as a church what do you do what do you do while you're in expectation while you are waiting you trust in the Lord you trust in God why did the apostles not bicker with him like they would normally do because they trusted God and they said if Jesus got up he got to be who he says he is and he got to do what he says he can do I'll end with this tonight I'll end with this why wait I wait because in the end it will be worth it why wait because in the end you must receive it because he promised it that's why i wait in jerusalem that's why i'll wait here at the gathering place Rebecca 2 verse 3 says for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it will speak and it will not lie it says though it tarries wait for it because when it because it will surely come and it will not tear let me tell you something when you hit the season of of overflow it's gonna come all at one time and overtake you and let me tell you it will not tarry once it get here because the holy spirit did not come quietly the holy spirit came with a thunderous sound As Luke began to say, it came like fire. He came like fire. And guess what? When God does what he does in TCF, it is not going to be quiet. It will not be a quiet arising. It will be a loud one. It will be a message. And I came to serve every, every place notice. I don't care about you witches and warlocks. I don't care about your other preachers in the area. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is one thing that Jesus Christ, his name will be exalted and that every devil will be defeated in the process. That God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Because guess what, anything that try to chase you, it gotta scatter seven different directions. And so in the meantime, while I'm here, I'm gonna rejoice. Lift your hands and worship God right here.